Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up everybody? Welcome. What's up? Sorry, my mic. Uh, totally forgot it. Sorry. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 516 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Sorry, I am all messed up here. The Padres literally just tweeted out some roster moves as I'm coming on. So this is not episode 516. This is episode 517. 516 was earlier today. Talked about which free agents will stay with the Padres. Apologies there. Let me change that. There we go. So the main topic, obviously, of the show here today is the Padres making their first trade of the offseason. They trade Scott Barlow to the Cleveland Guardians, and in return, they get Eniel De Los Santos, Santos, hopefully I'm pronouncing that name correctly, and then they just made some other roster moves. That's why I did not have a great start to the show here. Sorry. Padres just announced they have non-tendered the following players, Jose Espada, Tim Hill, Taylor Colway, and Austin Nola. My initial reaction to that is Jose Espada, whatever, they could bring him back, I guess, to play in AAA. Tim Hill, I was just looking literally as I was playing the intro at his contract, and... He's scheduled to make $2.5 million, or he was scheduled to make $2.5 million in his final year of arbitration. And with the Padres trying to save every million dollar that they can, I'm just not surprised that they decided to not give him this contract. Taylor Colway, another minor leaguer there. Austin Nola, not surprised there. Maybe they bring him back, invite to spring training, minor league guy, because I believe they can do that. If they non-tender these guys, you just don't want to give them the contract that they're on. But you could offer them a cheaper contract and invite to spring training if they don't get a better deal somewhere else. With Nola, obviously the circumstances there, it's not ideal what happened this past season, obviously. You know, he gets hit in spring training, dealing with, the vision problem, the mental problem. 
And how much money was he scheduled to make in his 2.3 mil, I think? His second arbitration year. Yeah, 2.3 million. And for someone that doesn't hit, doesn't throw runners out, just doesn't help the team a ton on the field, save every penny where you can save it. And so, yeah, Austin Nola, he's just wasn't going to get tendered this contract. And again, Tim Hill, not super surprised by this. When it's clear that the Padres are trying to trim payroll, and it's the same thing with this Scott Barlow move. And I'll talk about that here in a minute. When you're trying to to trim payroll, with A.J. Preller, he's had a pretty good history of being able to replace relievers, regardless of if it's a closer or not, you know? Oh, okay, we can't pay you. All right, we'll just bring in someone else that's cheaper. And that's what they did here with this with the uh, the Scott Barlow trade. And I feel like that's what they're going to be trying to do here with Tim Hill. Let's go find another lefty reliever that's going to be less. Or is Ray Kerr going to step into that spot? With Austin Nola. Okay, we can just have Brett Sullivan be that guy then. He'll make less than Austin Nola if we can't go get another catcher. They probably need to get another catcher because you need someone behind Luis Camposano. I think Camposano should go be the starting catcher and get that opportunity, but you need someone else, right? I I want a better catching core than Campy and Brett Sullivan. Gary Sanchez, we'll see what happens there. feel like the Padres don't want to pay him as much as he might be asking for on the free agent market. We'll see what happens there. But yeah, you know, they're trying to save money. And they've already presented a plan to Major League Baseball to get their payroll down from where it was, over $250 million, right, to around $200 million. It's not just Kevin Acey that's reported it. Dennis Lynn has reported it. Everyone's saying they're trying to get the payroll down to around $200 million. And we could be wrong. They could end up just getting it down under the luxury tax, which is like two thirty-seven. And if they're keeping Juan Soto, I still have a hard time believing that the payroll is going to get down below $200 million if you have Juan Soto on this team. With all the holes that they need to fill, I just have a hard time believing that. But getting to this Scott Barlow trade, I feel like some people might be thinking when I tweeted out here, definitely trimming payroll. The first person I saw tweet this out, Robert Murray. Guardians are acquiring Scott Barlow from the Padres. I immediately saw that and said, yeah, definitely trimming payroll. Not in like a bad way necessarily, although I think Scott Barlow can help this Padres team. I thought he could have in 2024. I don't think he was that bad for the Padres when they got him. There were some bumps in the road, but for the most part, he was pretty good. And we were expecting him to be the eighth inning guy. Robert Suarez probably take over as the ninth inning guy. Josh Hader obviously not going to be back with this Padres team. And so, yeah, I wanted Scott Barlow to be on this Padres team. But the guy that they got back, Daniel De Los Santos, this feels like a cheaper Scott Barlow. If you look at some of the numbers, you compare their years. Too Much Mortons is a great social, uh, social media follow on Twitter. And I'm pulling up this tweet that he had here comparing Barlow and Eniel De Los Santos. Last two seasons, Barlow, 1.9 F4. 
Enyel had a 1.7 F4. Barlow's ERA was 3.22. De Los Santos was 3.18. FIP, 3.52 for Barlow. De Los Santos, 3.10. Stuff plus, don't ask me what that is, but I don't really know. Uh, but stuff plus, I'm guessing league average is 100, like OPS plus. Stuff plus, 112. And De Los Santos, 93. Both have exactly a 17% K to walk rate. And you go look at the money, which is obviously a huge thing in this deal. Enyel De Los Santos, he's 27. He's expected to make $1 million his first year of arbitration. And if you go to Scott Barlow, and what was he expected to be making? He was expected to be making $7.2 million in his final year of arbitration. So how much are the Padres going to be saving here in this move? $6 million around? And you're trading for a guy that's about the same, has about the same numbers over the last two seasons as Scott Barlow? I think this is a win of a deal right now for the Padres, considering their circumstances, where they are, what they're trying to do. I was surprised that the Guardians would make this type of move. You trade a guy that's not making a lot of money. I mean, you're the Cleveland Guardians. You trade a guy who's not making a lot of money for a guy that's making a good amount more money, and he's only there for one year. Now, they could go flip him to someone or you know, at the deadline or something, but you go acquire a guy who's making $6 million projected, according to Track, more than the guy you just traded, that just doesn't seem like a Cleveland Guardians move to me when they're a team that is also a low-payroll team. They're never going to have a payroll that's $250 million. So yeah, it's a kind of head-scratching move there for the Guardians. But for the Padres, if you're trying to keep Juan Soto, you are trying to save money wherever you can. And to me, saving money here, this isn't saving money in a bad way. This is saving money in a good way. It's not like they traded Scott Barlow for a guy with a 7 ERA. They traded Scott Barlow for a guy that had a 3.29 ERA this past year, had a 3.04 ERA in 2022. Yeah, struggled there a little bit with the Philadelphia Phillies, Pittsburgh Pirates, but Seems like he's a pretty solid reliever. If we go look at his game logs with the Cleveland Guardians this past year, it's another Dominican Republic guy, which there's plenty of that on this Padres team, right? You look at the game logs, and sometimes he pitches more than an inning, inning in two-thirds, inning in a third. But there's a lot of outings. There, of course, he's going to have some blow-up outings. Like every reliever you look at, oh, okay, bad outing. you know. Didn't get an out June 6th against the Boston Red Sox. Gave up four earned runs. Okay. But there's a lot of outings here that I see where it's one inning, no runs allowed, or one inning, okay, a couple runs allowed, which at one point, like in mid-August, right, his ERA goes from 228 to 261. You know? Like, this seems like just another Scott Barlow. The Padres, they released information here in their article that they put out on De Los Santos. He set a career high in appearances last year with 70 innings pitched, 65.2. 
16 holds, 262 batters faced, 62 strikeouts, 329 ERA, 114 whip, 216 opponent, opponent, what's that? Opponent batting average, uses fastball 60% of the time, slider 30.4% of the time, change up 9.1% of the time, fastball averaged at 95.6, opponents hit just 125 off of his slider. Obviously, they're not going to put negative stuff of Eniel De Los Santos on here, but just looking at some video that has been posted that I've seen on social media. I guess he had an immaculate inning against the Rays. This was in 2022, so not last year, but um, this is someone that I'm going to be interested in getting to know more about. Against lefties, he has a 5.06 FIP. Last two seasons, 3-1-5 FIP against righties, so this could be a right-handed specialist. Again, I'm going off of Too Much Morton's there on Twitter. Another, again, great social media follow, so I recommend you go follow him if you have not already. Um, even if he is a specialist, which might be worrisome, AJ Preller does, he has shown the ability to go out and get relievers that are not taking up a lot of money, not taking up a lot of payroll space. And so I do trust AJ Preller in that area. There's some areas where it's like, oh, it's not that great. But with relievers, it feels like he has a pretty good track record there with relievers. We He could bring in someone like he has in the past that we have no idea who this guy is. He came over from overseas, and he ends up pitching well for the team. He could bring in a guy, and Ruben Niebla could work his magic, and he could be a good guy. He could bring up someone from the minors that we know, don't know a ton about. Or, you know, Ray Kerr becomes that really key lefty for this Padres bullpen this next season. And he takes a big step forward. Um, in 2024, you know, like we don't know, but right now, just looking at the numbers and, you know, the past doesn't guarantee that this guy's going to produce the level that Scott Barlow is going to produce in 2024. But, you know, with the Padres, what they're trying to do, we know what they're trying to do. I don't think this is a terrible move for the Padres. When I saw Scott Barlow got traded, I was worried like, oh, so who are they getting back? And I'm not going to sit here and act like I watched all Guardians games and know everything about Eniel De Los Santos. You know, I I don't. But just looking at some of the numbers and realizing where the Padres are at, sure, Scott Barlow should perform better than De Los Santos next year. Just based on, if you're basing it off of um, payroll, how much the guy's getting paid, Barlow should be better. Now, there's obviously a long offseason, so... Maybe De Los Santos isn't tasked with the eighth inning because where does he slot in right now with where the Padres are at? With the Padres roster, where does he slot in? Because obviously we have Robert Suarez as the closer. Would you put Would you put Tom Cosgrove? And I'm going to get to the chat. Don't worry. If you want to join the show, you can click that link that's pinned up at the top of the chat. Where would you put De Los Santos? There's Suarez, there's Cosgrove. I probably have, I don't know a ton about De Los Santos, so I would put Cosgrove ahead of him. But would he be the seventh inning guy? Would Steven Wilson be the seventh inning guy? 
Tim Hill's not on the roster, so you take him out of it now. Jose Espada, not on the roster. Take him out of it. A lot of moves can be made, right? And we could have some rookies on the opening day roster next year. But right now, I see it as probably De Los Santos, sixth or seventh inning, Wilson taking the other, Cosgrove, Suarez. That's that's how I see it. How it's listed on the Padres' website right now is Suarez with the ninth. If it's just top to bottom, bullpen. Suarez, then Cosgrove, then Kerr, then Wilson, then Alec Jacob. I'm not including Hill. I'm not including Espada, obviously. That's what we got. So it's an interesting deal. Let me know your thoughts here in the comments. Do you like this move? Scott Barlow to the Cleveland Guardians. Again, I'm kind of confused why the Guardians made this move when you're the Cleveland Guardians, but okay. Um, De Los Santos, he will have how many years of control? Three years of control. So you trade for a guy with about the same numbers as Barlow. He's making $6 million less. And you have him for three years of control in comparison to one with Barlow. Right now, I'm looking at this deal as a positive for the Padres. JD's third says the great reduction has begun. Well, we knew they were trimming payroll. I was just saying, yeah, they're, you know, the, the, the trimming of the payroll has already started. I wasn't meaning it necessarily in a bad way because we didn't know who the return was yet. You know, once we knew the return, and if it wasn't someone like this, maybe, and it was like some prospect we've never heard of, then maybe it would be like, okay, what the heck are they doing? But if you're going to trade someone like Barlow, you get a reliever back, someone who seems pretty talented, and he has multiple years of control, not just for 2024, and he's making a million dollars projected for 2024, I think a lot of fans are going to tend to like that deal. This could be an interesting player in 2024. Santos is a decent arm uh, for cheap. I'm not mad at this trade, honestly. Yeah, right now, that's how I feel. I'm not mad at it. I'd like to have Barlow, but you can't have everything, right? You got to give up something. The Guardians getting Barlow was not something I was expecting. Uh, if you're telling me that Barlow was going to get dealt, I was not expecting the Guardians to be the team to pick him up. But with the Guardians, if we look at like the Guardians roster, for example, they have Class A, right, as their closer. But then after that, okay, Trevor Stefan, they've got some good arms there. And you add Barlow in there. He's familiar pitching in the AL Central. So they've got a, I think that's a pretty decent bullpen that they have. Steven Vogt, first year as their manager. Andreas says, here comes the huge unload. I'm not so sure about that. I think the Padres, what they might try to do here is, you know, so how much, look at how much money are they saving here? Barlow with this, it's like 6 million, right? Tim Hill, how much was he going to make? Two and a half. So that's, let's say, eight and a half million there. Nola, that's another two, ten and a half, almost $11 million that they've saved right there from Nola, Hill, and Barlow. And now where's their payroll at? Let's say, what did I say earlier today? Their payroll was at like 198 was their projected. So 
198 and then what I say they save like 11 right now so it's down to like around 187 Grisham what's going to happen with him what is he supposed to make like 5 million I think something like 5 million dollars there's that decision now the non-tender deadline, I believe, was today. It was at 5 o'clock today. That's why you're seeing all of this movement. There's a lot of interesting movement, by the way, here in Major League Baseball. I'm going to get around to some of these moves because some of them might be able to affect the Padres here. But with Grish, if they tra- they could trade him... I First off, I got fooled. I'll admit it. I got fooled for a second here. Bob Nightingale, why can't you just tweet out something just you know nice and simple? Fans can easily understand it. First time reading it, you know how social media works, right? You're going to read it quickly, and then you get an initial first reaction. Bob Nightingale tweets, The Cleveland Guardians acquire Scott Barlow from the San Diego Padres from en- for Enel De Los Santos while also signing Ramon Laureano to a one-year contract avoiding arbitration. And I saw Ramon Laureano's name and was like, oh my gosh, okay, what does that mean for Trent Grisham? Because Laureano can play center field. He's got a Big arm, cannon for an arm. And I'm like, okay, that's interesting. But then I read it again. I'm like, no, the Guardians avoided arbitration with Ramon Laureano. So I don't know if Grish is going to get traded. He didn't get non-tendered today. The Padres, they already sent out who they non-tendered. Nola, Hill, Espada, and Taylor Cole. And then they traded Scott Barlow. So the Padres here, how much money do they save? Probably around $12 million today, right? That's a good amount. But what does $12 million amount to? Let's say they were at like $198, they are around $200 million. You save 12 Well, you need, what, three starting pitchers? You're going to want more than that. But Snell's gone, Lugo, Waka, Martinez, how are you replacing him? You replace Barlow with De Los Santos. How are you replacing Tim Hill? How are you replacing Josh Hader? You're replacing Hader with Suarez? Okay, but so what's another reliever that's coming in? Is it just a minor leaguer? We'll see what happens there. First base, DH, what's going to happen there? Catcher, you're just going to have Brett Sullivan be the backup? I think you want someone else. So like they, they need more room here. But, you know, everything's going to keep pointing to Juan Soto because he's making $33 million. And if you want to have a complete team, now, I would say having Juan Soto on your team helps you win. I know, that's, that's, a, that's, that's deep, right? It's not. I think he helps you win baseball games. But what can you do with $33 million? What can you do with actually, like, 40 three, $45 million if you add the room that maybe they're saving here. And then Soto, what can you do with $45 million? Can you plug, can you bring in an outfielder on a one-year deal? Are they linked to Jorge Soler? I didn't see that, but I saw Hogg made a video on that, so maybe they're linked to Jorge Soler. I don't know. Jim Bowden, I guess. So, Soler, someone like that. Or you know, I'm interested in Tommy Pham. I know he's not very uh, likable among some Padres fans. Doesn't seem like he likes Padres fans. But someone that won't let those players get away with stuff. Feels like that would be Tommy Pham. 
But someone on like a one-year deal like that to be maybe one of the starting corner outfielders, you want more depth. You bring back Profar. You bring back one of Lugo, Waka Martinez. You take probably some risks, some one-year guys like Jack Flaherty or Luis Severino or someone like that, and hopefully Niebla can work his magic. How much does that add up to, right? And then first base DH. Who is that guy going to be? Catcher. You know, trading Soto, as much as I don't want to do that, it, I think it would help the Padres if, if, they're, if they need to be around $200 million and they want to have more of a complete roster. Sure, they can do it with trades and all that, but it makes it a whole lot easier for them. Now, but A.J. Preller, we know that the guy doesn't sleep, and he probably has drawn up a bunch of different plans. How can we keep Juan Soto on this roster and still be around $200 million and still fill all of these holes? He might have plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D, but what does plan C and plan D look like? Because you might not be able to get plan A, plan B with Soto still on the roster because those starting pitchers, maybe controllable young starting pitchers that you wanted, maybe those guys get traded to someone before you can get them. Or those teams decide to keep those guys. You know, like a lot of different things can happen. Free agent prices can increase. So you might have to recalculate it there. Um, man. I'd love to be a fly on the wall in those those meetings or just just in HA's office seeing you know different plans and him talking out different plans on how this might work um, because I don't know does spot track immediately update the payroll so like does it have Tim Hill still on it it does okay what about fan graphs I'm just trying to see what like the most up to date Roster resource, Padres, payroll. Now it says 192, so I think this is updated a little bit. I think it said 198 earlier today. Tim Hill is still listed on it, though. So let's say it's 192 right now. Take the two mil off of Tim Hill, right? Take the 2.3 off of NOLA. That's like, let's say around 190 and then around 188, let's say 187. Well, it has, it has De Los Santos on here. So 187, there's no Barlow on here. So that is updated. So it's around 187 right now. Is that what they're telling me? Because it's updated after the trade. It hasn't updated after the non-tenders. So after it updates with the non-tenders, how much money, how much room before they get to 200? Like 14 mil, something like that? That's That's still not a lot of room to work with if they need to be under 200 or they need to stay around $200 million to get three starters, uh, you know, replace three starters, first base DH, another DH for the bench. I'm talking about like G-Man Choi, Garrett Cooper, a catcher, Gary Sanchez, um, probably a couple relievers, 
You know, they, they need more pitching depth, obviously. So I'm going to be very interested in seeing how this offseason works for the Padres. Mike says, I hope everyone takes their rose-colored glasses off now and sees this organization for what it has become. Quit kidding yourselves. Well, they're, I mean, their payroll, let's say their payroll is around $200 million. That's still a good payroll. That's still a top 10 payroll in baseball, right? So it's not like they're going to be, it's not like they're turning into the Oakland A's where their biggest contract is like Trevor May or Aledmus Diaz. You know, there's still going to be talent on this team. It's just that the way things are work, have worked right now, the, the hole that the Padres have put themselves in, I shouldn't say hole, the position they put themselves in is they have a bunch of long-term contracts. So there's not a whole lot of room to spend to get better after having a $250-plus million payroll, Major League Baseball is making them get down to a certain number, and so that's restricting them, right? Not making the postseason, the TV stuff, that really hurt them. Devin says, Nola is probably not coming back. Hopefully he gets back to the field barring his head injury. I could see him come back on like a, a minor league deal if no other team wants him, but I might another team might want him. Because he's kind of like an Austin Hedges. Right? Like, not going to give you offense, but seems like a smart guy. Nice guy to have in a clubhouse. I think he commands a pitching staff well. Pitchers respect him. 2022 postseason, all they wanted to do was pitch to Austin Nola. They didn't want any part of Luis Camposano, Jorge Alfaro. And the Padres, part of it, I think, was the Padres front office saying, like, yeah, we... Uh, you know, the guy that we're going with here is Austin Nola. But that's got to give teams something, right? Have teams want to have Austin Nola at least try him out. Mike says, Padres are going to be trying to save a buck wherever they can now, and that's what they should be doing. If you're trying to keep Juan Soto on your team, you should be. Do you need Tim Hill? Do you need Jose Espada? Do you need Taylor Cole? Do you need Austin Nola? Are those guys replaceable players? You know, and war's not everything, but let's look at these guys' wars. Are they a replaceable player? Tim Hill, negative 1.2. Career, negative 0.4. Right? Like I would say that, yeah, replaceable. Great community guy. Like, seriously, I mean, all respect to Tim Hill. No doubt about it. That guy was at like every community event. I will always praise him for that. No doubt about that. And I'm I'm welcome. I'll welcome him back on a cheaper deal. But at that price, and that's not a lot of money, by the way. Less than $3 million, that's not a lot of money. But the Padres, the situation that they're in, they can go get someone for major league minimum, and you're saving some money there, right? Austin Nola, 0.5. Ne excuse me, negative 0.5 war last year. 30 OPS plus. Um, in his career, OPS plus of 96, 696 OPS career. Below league average, you know, like replaceable. So yeah, they should be trying to save money wherever they can, where it's reasonable. And I think today, all these moves, it's reasonable. Um, let's see here. 
I like the trade also. Why do we pick up Ramon Laureano? We didn't. I initially thought that because I was reading the tweet fast. We didn't. The Guardians signed Ramon Laureano essentially to a one-year deal. That's what that, that tweet said there. Um, let's see. Mike says, I'm sure Cleveland, who is cheap, thinks it was an even trade. Come on, can we all grow up here finally? Cleveland needed pitching, so they gave up pitching to get pitching, please. So they're they're probably higher on Scott Barlow than the pot, or maybe they're they're lower on De Los Santos than the Padres are on him. Is that what this situation is? Because yeah, I was I was surprised that Cleveland would get Scott Barlow when he's under control for 2024, and they could just flip him. They could just go trade him somewhere. Mike says, I hate watching this team get worse instead of better, and so should you. How do you know that they've gotten worse here? I think Scott Barlow is a good reliever, and I think he would have helped this Padres team this next season. But I don't know a ton about Enel De Los Santos, so I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, the Padres definitely got worse here today. I think some of these guys that they non-tendered are replaceable players. Some of them were just minor league players in El Paso. And this guy is making, he's three years of control. And there's some positive things about him, about the same numbers as Scott Barlow these last couple of years. So, yeah. Um, Mike says, at this point, no reasonable baseball pe- person could justify keeping Juan Soto on the Padres with all these holes. I think that you can. I think that you can. Because you acquired Juan Soto for three pennant races, and you got one so far. And trading Juan Soto would not send a good message to that clubhouse, number one. And two, what message would that send to the fan base? And three, Juan Soto is the best hitter, is one of the best hitters on the planet. And I'm sorry, you trade Juan Soto, I'm not going to sit here and say the Padres got better. I might say Padres, yeah, they, they filled some of their holes. But I, I, I mean, unless they blow me away with the return, I'm not going to sit here and say the Padres got better by trading Juan Soto. And in 2024, especially coming off of 2023, the Padres have to win. They have to try to go win. You know? So, at this point, I'd rather just go for it with Soto on this team and see what happens. Then you trade Juan Soto. You don't even see the, the, the chance. You don't even get a chance to see Juan Soto with this team in 2024. I just don't, I, I just wouldn't like that. I would not like the Padres deciding to trade Juan Soto. When you know you're going to get a lot less back than you traded to the Nationals for Soto. And your message, Eric could send his message, who just took over as chairman of the team. And I say chairman because that's what the Padres said in their statement today. Let me pull this up. This was the Padres. 
The San Diego Padres have appointed one of its owners, Eric Senda, as its new chairman, an interim control person succeeding Peter Seidler. Kutsenda says here, at the end of his statement, I'm excited to partner with Eric Gruppner and A.J. Preller to help guide the Padres forward in fulfillment of Peter's vision. That vision includes the Padres remaining as a family asset for generations to come and is anchored in Peter's dedication to the fans and community of San Diego. Our North Star remains the same, to win a World Series championship for the city of San Diego. That's the mission. And if you trade Juan Soto, how can you say that your number one goal for 2024 is to win a World Series championship for the city of San Diego? I just don't know how you say that. Now, I know how they play it off. Like, yeah, we're, we, we, thought, we think that we made our team more complete. We got some talented prospects that will help us in the future because we know that's important. And we got back a couple really talented guys that will help fill holes on this team. And we feel like we made ourselves more of a complete team here. And we believe in the talent that's in this lineup, and we can go win the World Series. That's how they'll play it. But would you rather have Juan Soto on your team, or would you rather not have Juan Soto on your team? You'd rather have Juan Soto on your team, right? And I guess, you know, the, the one thing, I guess the one out I'll give myself is, I guess it depends on the package. But I'm, I'm not seeing any package where it's like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, let, let's trade Soto. Yeah, that'll, that'll improve the Padres' chances of winning. Um, continuing with the chat here. Yep. Good point, Chad. Matt Carpenter will be making five and a half million dollars next season. Yeah. It'd be nice to save some of that money or I should say to have some of that money. Thank goodness. The Drew Pomerantz contract is up. Alex says, if it comes to trading Soto, I would like Jason Dominguez and a starting pitcher. But here's the thing. Just Jason Dominguez, like that would, that's one of those where it's like, okay, that's interesting. You know, and Jason Dominguez, that's a guy that I'd like to have in the Padres organization. But who is that starting pitcher that's in that deal? Is it a four or five starter? Is that who we're talking about here? And Jason Dominguez obviously would be the, the key piece. It would not be the pitcher. I understand that. But Jason Dominguez is not going to be playing next year for the most part because he just had surgery. I think it was Tommy John. It, it was something with the arm. He just had surgery. So, yeah, I'd like to have Jason Dominguez, but I think I want more in that deal than a starting pitcher and Jason Dominguez. And I don't even think the Yankees are willing to give up Jason Dominguez. I think they'll just take their chances at trying to sign Soto in free agency, if that's the case. And let's say they'd be willing to give up one of their middle infielders, right? Is that a fit for the Padres? No. Got plenty of middle infielders. Merrill's coming up. They've got Cronworth locked down. They have Kim right now. They have Bogarts locked down. Like, that's not the best fit. I guess there could be a three-team trade. Uh, JD started with the super chat. Thank you so much. Says Eric didn't say 2024 goal is to win World Series, just words. 
And yes, those are just words. And I don't know if he wrote that statement. You know, the PR staff could have helped him write that statement. But look, I mean, he did say in it, our North Star remains the same to win a World Series championship for the city of San Diego. Sure, he didn't say in 2024. Okay. But I think all Padres fans would agree. Didn't we think that this was the window to win right now? 2023, 2024. I see like the big window as being the Musgrove contract. Because after that, who's, who knows what his future is? You'll see Darvish's age. You'll see Cronenworth's age. Manny not getting younger. Bogart's not getting younger. Like Their primes, the best years of them probably would, would be gone by now. Uh, like This is the window. So I don't think they should be thinking about, oh, let's win the World Series in 2027. Like, no. Let's, let's try to go win it now, especially after what happened in 2023. There's a lot of moves that are going on here in Major League Baseball. Today was the non-tender trade deadline, so I will get to those moves here after getting through some people in the chat here. Alex says, I trust in Ruben Niebla. Great trade, in my opinion. Three years of control. Yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm definitely not hating on this deal today. Might be hating on it come mid-season or something, but not hating on it now. Lizzie says, should have saved money for Soto instead of signing Bogarts. Makes me think Soto was never going to sign with us because the signing of Bogarts makes no sense. I think that the signing of Bogarts was Padres were trying to go all in for 2023. Abreu didn't come. Turner didn't come. Judge didn't come. And the Padres wanted to add another superstar. They wanted to get the best possible lineup as they could for 2023. And in free agency, Options were coming off the table, and they said, we're, we're landing someone. So Bogarts was the guy that they decided to go with. And yes, did they have to do that? No, they didn't. But maybe also part of their thinking was, you know, Juan Soto, he might want $500 million. It feels like these players just keep getting more and more and more money, right? The next big free agent wants to set the bar and then that next free agent the next year is going to want more than that right so how much money are we gonna have to give Juan Soto and he's a Boris client we can go get Xander Bogarts here and we can have a superstar guaranteed for us for the next decade at least superstar that they viewed in their eyes going into this season right we can have a star with Manny with Tatis with Cronenworth now the Bogarts thing happened before the Cronenworth extension but you get my point. We can have that here for a long time. Let's just go do that instead of risking not having another star on this team for the next decade because Juan Soto walks on us after the 2024 season. I think part of that was their thinking. $280 million, though, over 11 years? Yeah, I understand it. Like That, that was... Too long. It was an overpay. But the Padres, obviously, they wanted to guarantee that Bogarts was going to be a Padre. So that's that's what they decided to go on. Confidence starts with loving who you are. 
And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. Gabriel says that the Padres trade Soto, they better go for Yelich and Stanton. I mean, I love Stanton, uh, you know, personally. Uh, like, he's really fun to watch when he's healthy. But why would the Padres trade for that contract? And Yelich, okay, you could go for Yelich, but that's another contract that, what is what is the Yelich contract? It's not like insane, like $300 million, but he's not the same Yelich that he used to be. He'd be under control for one, two, three, four, five seasons if the Padres went and acquired him right now. And he's, he's making $26 million a year. The luxury tax, I think, is, tw- uh, no, no, no. Luxury tax is almost $24 million a year. Do the Padres want to add on $24 million again? Another $20 plus million dollar player? I don't know if they want to... I don't think they're in a position to do that. So, yeah, I, I disagree with that. If the Padres trade Soto, I see them going and getting someone on a one- or two-year deal to play a corner outfield spot and then they'll see what happens. Maybe they get someone back. Maybe the Yankees end up giving a Jason Dominguez in the trade. You know, someone like that. Um, just bottom line, I don't want Soto to be traded. J.D.'s third says, if we went all in last season, 2023, how can we go all in again in 2024? You know what I'm saying. All in in terms of the resources that they have, the players that they have on the roster. All in. That's what I mean. As all in as they can go. Gabriel says, I thought his contract was less time than that. My bad, my bad. Just ignore me. Yeah, the Yelich deal, it's not that great. All right, let's get to some moves around Major League Baseball here. Twitter's blowing up here. There's a lot of moves going down. I'm just scrolling through here, and I'm going to go through some of the main ones here. Yankees non-tendered, Albert Abreu, Lou Trevino. Those are some relievers. Um, by the way, Ramon Laureano, that Guardians deal was for a little over $5 million. So that's like Grisham money. That's like the same thing. So might as well just have Grish stay. 
Brandon Woodruff was non-tendered today, which was a little surprising, but he was scheduled to make double digits in millions in 2024, and he wasn't going to pitch for most of 2024. So with the Brewers, I understood what they were doing there. But now do the Padres, he's a free agent, so he can sign with any team. Do the Padres jump in there, give him a two-year deal, doesn't pitch in 2024, but then pitches in 2025 for the Padres? Do they jump in with that? But what would that contract look like? And it's not like they can pay him major league minimum in 20, well, they can, but in terms of like AAV, pay him major league minimum in 2024 and then you pay him whatever, 30 million or whatever, 20 million, whatever, in 2025, the AAV would go to, let's say they give him 20 mil, they, the AAV would go to, for two years, 20 mil, the AAV would go $10 million towards your luxury tax. So the Padres, I don't know if they're in a situation to do that. They need to be spending money on guys going towards the luxury tax that are going to be pitching for the Padres in 2024. But yeah, Brandon Woodruff is definitely a name to be watching. It's going to be interesting for sure. Um, Let's see here. Kyle Wright traded to the Kansas City Royals. Tigers non-tendered Austin Meadows. Spencer Turnbull. Austin Meadows. That might be an interesting guy to bring in. Although, geez, Louise. I mean, he only had 21 at-bats at the big league level for the Tigers this past year. But he was once seen. I kind of, I don't know if I should compare him to Trent Grisham, but weren't both guys seen as like, oh, young, talented outfielders? And they, I don't think they've lived up to the potential. Grish, obviously, starting center fielder, great defensively. He's still, you know, starting. But Austin Meadows... He was in the Chris Archer deal, I want to say, to Tampa from Pittsburgh. And he was an all-star in 2019 for the Rays. And then 2020, down year, 2021, decent year. And then once he he went to Detroit, hasn't been good. So can the Padres get back there? with? And that's not someone that I think that you want you know, as your your starting left fielder or something on opening day if you trade Soto. I'm just saying that would be an interesting one-year deal option if you want to, you know, take a chance on him. Let's see some other moves here. I'm just looking at anything of note. Uh, Mets non-tendered Luis Guillerme, but infielder, Padres are good there. And Daniel Vogelbach, which is like a, a DH option, right? Daniel Vogelbach in a Padres uniform, <laughs> that would be interesting. Um, Rangers, Matt Bush, former Padre, non-tendered. Rowdy Telez non-tendered by the Brewers. That's another first base DH option. But these are like one-year deal guys, you know? 
if the Padres, I don't know who like they their their main target would be for first base DH option, but these are guys that probably would be willing to go to the Padres on a one year deal. But there's obviously going to be interest from other teams. Cardinals non-tender Dakota Hudson. He's a pitcher. Andrew Kisner, who was the backup, I think, to Contreras. Backup catcher. Jacob Stallings, catcher, non-tendered by the Miami Marlins, former Pittsburgh Pirates catcher. So there's some more catching options that have been made available today. Yeah, I think that's the main ones from today. It's going to be an interesting offseason for sure. Devin says, I would like to bring in Meadows. I think that's like a, you know, what should we compare that to? Adam Engel got one year, $1 million from the Padres this past offseason. He's not an offensive guy. He is a fielding first guy, and he was hurt. Um, but something like that, where it's cheap, one year, I could see the Padres taking a chance on that. Same thing with someone like Rowdy Telez. But again, I don't think that's something that they would do like first in the offseason. I think that's if, hey, if those guys are still available and, you know, the options are lessening and, you know, they're, they're getting fewer and fewer, maybe go grab one of those guys. Telez obviously has experience, you know, playing in some some pretty big games. All right, I think that's going to do it. Talking Friars episode 517. Padres make their first trade of the offseason. Enel De Los Santos comes to the Padres. Scott Barlow to the Cleveland Guardians. What are your thoughts? Give your thoughts in the comments at social, uh, on social media, at Talking Friars, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you all for the support, for listening, for watching. I appreciate it. SeatGeek code Talking Friars, 100% deposit match up to... $100. I, I say this so many times that I get wrapped up in it. Underdog Fantasy, 100%, 100% deposit match up to $100. Uh, click that link in the description there. Breaking Tea, some great Padres, Aztecs, and Wave swag. Click that link in the description. FOCO, Padres, Bobbleheads, and Collectibles. They're going to release a Blake Snell Cy Young Bobblehead. That's available for a pre-order. Uh, Gaglione Bros. Best cheesesteaks in San Diego. Their main location on Friars Road. They're inside Snapdragon Stadium, obviously at Petco Park during the Padres season. So go check them out. Link is in the description there. Uh, yeah, that's going to do it. If you have, by the way, because obviously I love talking with Padres fans. If you have any suggestions, off-season content, off-season episodes that you want me to do, feel free to leave those suggestions in the comments. Um, and maybe I'll swing around to getting to some of those episodes. All right. See everybody. Have a great night.